Good evening. Thank you so much for coming out. I'm just super, super excited to be able to breathe and bring all of this. It is all because of my king I serve and I follow. There isn't anything on this table that I personally have bought. I mean, we donate obviously to our own ministry, but that couldn't near cover all of this. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords is, is, is who we follow. And he's the one that provides everything. And so when, when you give away his word, he lays out every single thing that you possibly could ever need inside of that. And this, this ministry really, is, as I've often said, started from listening to Joe Foch years and years ago. And one of the key messages that I heard, as a matter of fact, is still on the app. If, if, if you go under topical and you go under the book of Acts, and it's, it's the first, I think, six, six messages, maybe not the first one, but the next five or six changed my life. Totally changed my life. And I'm not going to go over my testimony too much, but in that, um, when, when I heard it, I, I, I just couldn't speak at all. You know, I stuttered just horribly. And, um, and then I just started to, to realize that at that point, there was a lot of circumstances going on in my life. And then the Lord just you know, as far as even with the church. And sometimes we can get tired of the church and fed up with the church and all kind of thing. I'm not saying here, but I was at that point to where I was like, Lord, I don't care. Instead of just being mad at the church, how about let's just serve you with all my heart. And, and I don't care if I ever have a position inside of any church anywhere. I am just going to tell the world about you with my stuttering lips. And I don't care. And what I realized really soon was it took so much courage, but the Holy Spirit gives you courage. Read Acts chapter 4. It's very, very clear. It's a one-day episode. And you'll see they were brave and bold in verse 12. And then by verse 26, they were asking God for courage and boldness. And he gave it to them. And, and that's how we are. One morning, we're, we're just bold as a lion. And then at the end of the day, we're afraid as a kitty cat. you know. And then we're, we're crying out. But he's not going to give us a stone. He's going to give us bread. He's, he's gonna, he is going to give us every single thing that we possibly need when we're handing out his word and when we are given that gospel clearly. He gave us his Holy Spirit, and that is what is the keynote speaker inside of your heart. That is it. And you, there is not anybody in this room that does not have the opportunity to tap into that. It is the power to be a witness, not go witnessing, but be one. And so I know a lot of folks want to go here and there, and that's fine. And you should. But what do you do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? You, you can just line them up. What happens? So these are resources and things that we're going to go over. And then anything that comes out of me that is good, I'll just chunk crowns at his feet. Because it's not from me. It's just from walking with him inside of all of these things and learning. And he shows me and he tells me. And, and then I just tell everybody else. Because I'm just going to glorify his name with my voice, with my stuttering lips. So let's just open up with some prayer. Father, we just thank you, Lord. The laborers are few, Father. You say the Lord of the harvest. The laborers are few, but the fields are white to harvest. Never, ever before in this country has this country been under such attack from the inside out and from the outside in. And Lord, there is a, there is a reason, Lord. Your, your kingdom is coming, Father. There is a, a, a tension in the air that has never been here before like this. And Lord, there's a, a spiritual element to it, Father, but your Holy Spirit is, was given, Father. It's for us to be to drink of. A, and, and you said, if anyone is thirsty, that we'll be filled. And so, Father, we just ask, Lord, that you'd pour your Spirit upon us inside so that out of our life will flow rivers of living water. 
anoint this for me, will you please? You know I have nothing unless you give it. And Lord, even now, Lord, you, you speak. You know, I've prepared as hard as I can. But Lord, that's not near enough. Thank you for everybody that comes here. May it minister, Father, to them. And may it challenge them to realize how unbelievably special each one is and their abilities to give the gospel and that there's strength through weakness and all these things we ask and thank you for in Jesus name. I'm going to read a story really, really quick. And, and we'll, oh wait, you know what? I'm going to go over, if you would put that, his passion thing up. I never advertised this thing. It, it was out, you know, about four or five months ago. And, and I, I wanted to see on the YouTube channel if it actually, if people actually were benefiting before I really advertised. It was a lot of work, a ton of work. And I remember I wanted to reach Christians to evangelize and to share. And, and I prayed about it for a long time. And then the Lord, all of a sudden, one day driving back from Texarkana at three o'clock in the morning, you know, I had a hot little hot load on the back. And all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, I'd actually stop praying about it because I don't, God doesn't need me. And I know that. And, I, and I'm good to give whether any of this, all of this dries up, I'll be, I'll still keep giving Bibles out one by one. I don't care. You know, I just want to please him and be a light and a bright and shining light. So all of a sudden, all of this stuff starts pouring down in my brain. And he's speaking to me. And I'm like, Lord, I'm so stupid. I'm driving. I can't stop. You know, I'm... and he reminded me I had a voice mem- uh, a memo on my iPhone. So I just started to record it. I just as he was speaking, I was saying and it took it was about an hour and 20 minutes. And what it was, it was titles and it was things that there were that that were in this and so what happened then the very next day i drive a truck that has just a cab just a singular cab they had an extra sleeper which is one that has the big cab in the back that you can sleep in the back they had an extra one on the property and they said hey my boss mike valentine said hey i need you to drive that the next day and i went to texarkana every night and i was meeting this guy that was a total sluggo and i would wait for him for an hour and a half it just drove me insane but then God offered me a desk and a place to write. So I wrote the book, book Getting Paid by UPS to write the book, waiting on this guy to come every night from, from, from uh, 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 Memphis, Tennessee. And what happened was it was titles. And I just, next page, whatever the title was, and then I just started to write. And it was the Holy Spirit just flowing through. I didn't even have to think about it. I can't write a book. The Holy Spirit wrote the book, and that is who wrote this thing. And, and if there's any screw-ups in it, it's me, not him. And so my daughter uh, did the cover, and my daughter-in-law did the calligraphy. I thought it turned out great, actually. I think it's pretty cool. Anyway, so anyways, um, it'll be on there. And one more click, if you can. So here's the first section. is just kind of things that how precious you are to the Lord, and that your precious, precious possessions, that, that you are bought with the price. You have no rights, just to say. We are to obey him. And when we obey him, there is fruit inside of that. And then it goes through a bunch of things like the spirit-filled life, Jesus, our example, then becoming a fisher of, of men. That's a section of what common churches do that is ineffective. It, I think, anyways, just, just drastically. Um, then lifestyle evangelism all the way down to the next page, if you want to click that. And then it's just where you live and what you do and how you can be a witness where you can pick your eyes up. So tonight we are focusing on three things, evangelism at home, evangelism at work, 
And, and I call it the gospel of inconvenience. And, and these are the three things. But we first things first, I want you to hear this story. And we're going to read this. And just really quick, I want to highlight just where my heart is. And I think you'll find that your heart is there too, if you're honest. Uh, Mark chapter 9, I'm just going to read through it quick. I'm not going to really exhaustively teach it. They had just come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. And all of a sudden, they meet a demon-possessed kid. And isn't that it? You go from the valley, you go from the mountaintop high into a demon-possessed person. It's just the way it is, right? Life is, is that way. And he said, and he asked these scribes, what questioning? And one of the multitude answered him and said, Master, I have brought unto thee thy son, which hath a dumb spirit. What, and, what, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they could not, but they could not cast him out. They, they could not. He answered and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. They brought him unto him, and he, when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. I mean, imagine this poor dad. I mean, you, you can imagine this man with this son. He's gone everywhere, and there's no answers. How many of us have been in a position like that where there's no answer at all? And he, asked her, and he asked his father, how long is it ago since, since he said unto him, he said, of a child. So we don't know how long that was. Oftentimes he cast himself into a fire, into the waters to, to destroy him. But if thou cast, but if thou, if, if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Meaning the dad was saying, help me and help my son, please. Here's what I'm getting to by this whole thing. You're going, why is he, why is he talking about this? Verse 24 is this, and this is what I want you to know. You may think that you can't do this, and you may think that you're weak, and you may think that I'm not smart, and you may think all of these things, but God has something for you. He's going to take you right where you're at, a thousand percent. And I love the, br the brutal honesty. This is my favorite verse in the Bible, one of them, because I sit right in the crosshairs of this. You want me to do this, Lord? Really? And he said straightway that the, the father cried out, because he asked him a question. Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, all th things are possible to him that, be that believeth. Do you believe that you can be an effective evangelist here or not? Some may say no, some may say yes, some may say it's not for me, but I'm here to learn a little bit. And straightway the father child cried out and said and with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. <laughs> Isn't that great? Lord, I believe, but I don't believe. Please take me right where I'm at. And guess what? He will. He'll take you right where you're at. And so he, he keeps going on here and he, and, and he takes him and he, and he talks about prayer and he talks about how this is where we're at. We, we communicate with the Holy Spirit all the way through. So the weakness that we have, again, comes from a place that God can dwell with. I taught the high school this morning this one part of this, and it said, 2 Corinthians 9, uh, or 12, 9 through 10, it says, that my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, most gladly, therefore, I will glory, my, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That part of it says, my, where my strength is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. 
meaning you are a ready-fit chassis that has bolts for the perfect engine to come in. Matter of fact, the, the perfect place the Holy Spirit wants to be is inside of you. You're the, you're the perfect fit. You're where his strength, and that word strength is actually dunamis, where we same word we get power from. It's gift packages. So like when you're witnessing and evangelizing two people, and it was really fun, um, if you can get the picture of these, they, that first table, uh, where, where the guy is at the counter, if you want to pop up that one, I'll start with that one. Um, I carry these around wherever I go. And this is why I have them up here. Grab them, carry them in your purse. This is a really effective way of giving the gospel. And so what, what, what you do, say you're at a, at a restaurant or wherever you're at and, and you're given a tip. You have a Bible and you have a promise book. And you can give these things like the other day, I was walking out of the door at work and there was a guy walking with me. We have a 1.1 mile walk from our parking lot to my truck every single day. If you can imagine a 1.1 mile walk outside where in the Texas, this is where, where we have to walk to, to go to work, right? So we have this, uh, I, I hit people, Lord, I pray every day, Lord, bring people across my path. Well, Friday, yesterday, um, what, what is today? Friday, Thursday, last night, when I was leaving work, walking out, come up to a guy, you know, we start talking. And he's a mechanical engineer at UPS, right? And so he starts talking about getting a, pro getting a promotion. And, and he's, he's talking about um, how he loves wor working at, at UPS. He just graduated with a mechanical engineer. And so the Lord sh showed me, and it's going to be in the book on evangelism through exhortation, where I started exhorting him, you know, saying that the Lord made, made you smart. He made you so smart. Jesus blessed your brain so you could do that. And we're just talking. And he said, man, I got, a, I got a promotion. And I'm interlaying things inside of him where he's saying, you know, I said, I said, you know, the Lord says that promotion comes from neither the east or the west. You know, and so you're, you're just talking. I got a long walk with him. We're I've never seen the kid. We get out of the guard shack. And I said, hey, man, I got a present just for you. And I, and I, and, and, and I held out a Bible. And he froze. And he just completely stopped. And he actually started kind of tearing up. And he said, um, he goes, my, my cousin just died last night. And I was just like, wow. And he, and he, and he goes, man, I, I couldn't believe what I saw. And he, and he, and he said, I, I just don't believe she's dead. And he, and he's go, he goes, I, I, I cannot. And you know, life happens where death knocks on every single doorstep. And so I said, Son, if you were to die today, where are you going and why? That's what I ask all the time. If you were to die today, where are you going and why? And, and, and he said, well, I'm, I'm going to heaven. And I said, well, why? And he goes, well, and then he said, I don't know. And I, and I, and I said, so, okay, why do you think? He goes, well, maybe I was baptized. And I said, have you ever prayed anything like this? Jesus, if you don't save me. I'm going to hell. Come inside of my heart and be mine. And he just started, he broke out. And he goes, I don't want to go to hell. And he talked about how he saw his cousin die and how he was afraid and he, and he was left naked. And he received Jesus right there. And, and this is what your life can be like by just arming yourself and being, being ready. 
I did an outreach. Now, I usually don't take pictures. Somebody was with me that takes pictures, that loves taking pictures. So this was a rare thing. Earlier this year, I went down to McAllen. We're on the border where all these crazy things are going on as far as Bible's going out. And, the, and that guy over there on, on the end, his, his, his name is Sergio. And Sergio really likes outreaches. And he wanted me to talk to, to his church. Uh, he's a local outreach guy about outreaches. So he could get a ton of people to come to an outreach, right? And I came down there to tell him, you are an outreach. You are not. I mean, yes, we have outreaches, but what about every day? So I got off the plane and we get to the counter. I did the, did the normal thing. Asked her if she wanted a Bible and I had a gift for her. And I said, if you were to die today, where are you going and why? And she's all, all of a sudden in tears. And he's just watching. Sergio's just watching. And she gets saved, right? So we go to the restaurants and we go to places and every, everywhere we're, we're going. People are getting saved or crying and rededicating. He's just watching this, going like, this is crazy. So taught at his church, came back to the airport, and then... Click the next one. This was the craziest thing I've been or ever been a part of. So it's a Sunday. There's Sergio. He's right over in the corner watching. It's a Sunday. There's hardly anybody there. There's three guys there. And so I, I, I walked. And these are all like, you know, Top Gun, young guy, young wannabe pilots, right? They're, they're all wanting to do this. So did the same thing. Came up with the Bible. I always carry them in my bags and stuff like that. If you were to die today, where are you going and why? He gets saved. Okay, so two people have been saved at that. Now, as soon as the door shuts and we get done praying, next slide, he comes in. This guy comes in. He has no idea what just went on. He was on the tarmac. He comes in. He gets saved. You can see the other guy right behind me. We pray. Door shuts. Another guy comes in. Click it. He gets saved. Three guys in a row. I mean, as soon as the door shut, as soon as they got saved, door opens, next guy gets saved. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen to you. This has never, ever happened. But it was a point to Sergio that we are a witness. Wherever we go, sometimes I can be a really bad one. You know what I'm saying? And so how do you do this? How does this, how does this happen? Again, we carry this, but it's the anointing. It's through prayer. It's, it's setting your heart right every day. It's getting into, if you have the handout in the front, you know, it's, it's called a faith in action. You know, it is something, it is so daily. You seek the Lord every day through his word. You hear his voice. You ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and you ask the Holy Spirit to line people up. All day long. And when you sin, you're a self-cleaning oven because the Holy Spirit's inside of you. And he'll take that dirt out and replace it if you want him to. You have the opportunity. Every single person, as Pastor Mike said on Wednesday night, every single person has equal opportunity to the Holy Spirit. Every single person does. You all have the opportunity. I do. What are you making of it? You live in for, for, for yourself, which... Is in, 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 in the end game is empty and living for the creator of the universe that, died, that, that designed you to be for his strength to make, be being perfect in weakness you are the desired vehicle that he wants to use in your life you are it 
He wants to use you in that way. So I've got some analogies in it, but you know, I'm not going to go over all of them, but spirit and truth. You know, if you notice in Acts chapter 6, they were looking for elders and they said people that are full of the Holy Ghost. Well, you get saved, the Holy Spirit seals you. But what does it mean full? It means like what I'm talking about. You're asking for the anointing all the time. You're asking for the Holy Spirit to, to, to fill you all the time. Acts chapter 8, where, where Philip goes, they got saved. Remember, Philip goes down and the Samaritans all get saved. Acts chapter 4 with the Samaritan woman laid the seeds for it. Tons of folks get saved. Then Peter, James, and John go, or Peter and John go down and pray the Holy Spirit gets on, or Peter and John go down and pray that the Holy Spirit gets on them. Again, it's the power to be a witness. They were very clear with this whole thing. So I want you to think about one thing before we get into workplace evangelism. You can turn to it if you want. It's important to look at. Colossians chapter 3, if you would. And why do we want to do this? When we do this, we're all being made into the image of Jesus Christ. Every single one. When we apply, what, is it, what does James say? Not hearers of the word only, but doers. Right? You hear it and you do it. But it's by the Holy Spirit. All day long. Nothing will ever change on that. It'll, it'll be the most powerful thing. So Colossians 3, 1 through 16 says, that, says this. If you, I want you to see these words in here. They're really strong. They're kind of anti-Calvinist words because they're choices. All of them are choices. You have a choice. I have a choice. We have opportunities to seek the, the living God every single day. It said, if you then be, be, uh, be, uh, be risen in Christ, choice, seek those things which are above. See, that's our choice. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Just be brutally honest with him. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Set. That's your choice. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in him. I mean, it's total truth. But Lord, help my unbelief. This is a reality that I am. This is where I'm at, Father. I want to see that, that these sin nature, everything is, is dead, that the Holy Spirit is inside of me. Engage that in me when I struggle. And I want to overcome this. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members. Mortify, put to death your sin nature, which is upon the earth. Fornication uncleanness, and that's just not because you stink bad, but I mean physically or morally. Inordinate affection, I mean that's disproportionate affection. That can be anything, by the way. Whatever, if you have a hobby that, that, that is, 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 is taking so much of your time every day, that's an inordinate affection. Your King of Kings and Lord of Lords has to have that first place, right? Evil concupiscence, that's evil desire. Isn't that good for a stutter to say that word? That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Anyways, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which those things the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Now watch these action words here. In the which you also walked some time when you lived in these things. Now here we go. I got my shirts, all right? So I take it like this. When you wake up in the morning and you just wake up and you don't seek God, I don't care what time your day starts, mine starts at midnight. If you just walk out that door and you don't seek God and you don't spend that time, you're putting on your black shirt. You're just seeking yourself. You're walking out the door without anything. And I understand some things happen, pipes break, dog, dog pukes on the ground, all that stuff. Life happens. I, I get that. 
but ordinarily it doesn't, right? So when you come on here, verse 8 says, now you also put off these things, anger, wrath, and, and, and again, these things are inside of us. We're saved, but we, we're being turned into his image and filthy communication out of your mouth. How do you do that? Lie not one to another. Meaning, instead of lying to each other, why don't you, we, we just continually glorify God with our mouth? That prevents all the lying. Seeing that you put off this old man with his deeds and have put on. So you wake up in the morning when you seek him first and you turn your phone off. You get a copy of God's word and you put the, this on. You're putting on the, the robe of righteousness because you're seeking him first. You're putting this on. I know it's a, a visual, but you're literally making a conscious choice like this. And it says, and he put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek or Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and, and in all. Put on, therefore, as the, as the elect of God, holy beloved. You don't have any of these things to put on. But by the Holy Spirit, he produces them inside. And you're asking the Holy Spirit to fill you for the power to be a witness. I couldn't pull off three people getting saved in seven minutes or eight minutes back to back in a row. But he produces all of that. He does all of that. Put on, therefore, as the elect, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. You're agreeing with the truth. Think about Jesus, right? When he faced the devil in the temptation. He just didn't quote scripture. He knew it, but he believed it. He was our example. He believed it. So you got to know that when the Holy Spirit is, 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 is upon you, he wants to witness to the people that you are witnessing to. It keeps going. Verse 13, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. That's part of the fruit. If any man have a quarrel against any, I find when I have been Holy Spirit filled and walking with, with him, I don't quarrel with anybody anymore, hardly. I don't care if my king's going to take care of it. It doesn't matter. I don't waste time on stuff like that. I just keep on walking with him. Unless I've done something to offend somebody that I need to deal with, I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk on and let Jesus deal with that. Above all these things, put on charity. You only can do that is by the power of, of the Holy Spirit. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's what comes on. So let's go to, I'm going to go to workplace evangelism right now. I'm going to go to that one. So pardon me just for a second. I've got to change my place here. And I want to talk to you about the opportunities that we have inside of our, work, our, our, our workplace. There are some things that we deal with that we do at work. There are some things. I've worked for UPS for 38 years now. Um, I've been an hourly my whole life. I'm used to taking orders. So it's really easy for me to take an order from, the, from God because he's the ultimate authority. And so I submit to my bosses. I submit to what they have, they, they, they have me do unless it's immoral. And then I tell them it, 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 it's immoral. But I haven't had to do that at, at UPS hardly at all. It's been a great company to work for. I'm proud to work there, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give them my my very best. So, workplace of uh, evangelism. Uh, be, uh, before we get into this, part of being effective at work is being the best light we can possibly shine. The best light that we can possibly shine. So, workplace of uh, uh, evangelism. Titus two. 9 through 13 says this, and I use the King James, so don't get hung up on servants and masters, 
It's just employees and employers. Just plug it in. It's just not that complicated. You know, so exhort employees, right? And, 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 and exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and or bosses and to please them in well in all things, not answering again. How many of us backbite our bosses? 20, I mean, how many of us? And when you think about it, it's really a reflection of the authority in the church, too. When we are not to backbite. It is a witness. We are to work and keep our mouth shut and let God, who is the judge, handle all of those things. It's, 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 it's a power to be, you'll keep yourself out of so much trouble by not being part of all that. And it's such the American society now to tweet and to just do all this stuff. God says not to, and he even commends it even stronger. It says not purloining. If you're on the clock, you're robbing, you're, you're robbing, you're stealing. You can figure something to do, right? How many people do this? I mean, they just sit, we go into a pizza place, go neighbor, everyone just sitting on their phone. You walk in the door, nobody even helps you. They're sitting on their phone the whole time. Is that a witness? It is one, for sure, right? So not embezzling, right? So not purloining, embezzling, but showing all good fidelity that you may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior in all things. You work as unto Jesus inside of every single thing, and you shine. And when they ask you, you know, other employees will say, you're just being a suck up and all that kind of, kind of stuff. No, I'm working for, for Jesus. I'm working for, for my king as if he was standing right here. And by the way, he is. And I'm going to work as, as on him, work as hard as I can and shine. That way you're, you're a witness to your boss, you're a witness to your employees, you're a witness to everybody around. And I'm not better than anybody else. I just serve a good God. And he's, he is a, a, able to do this. Where it says, for... For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. You are an epistle written without ink. People see who you are, where you work. Teaching us that denying ungodly, ungodliness and worldly lust, meaning don't joke around with the same jokes that they do. We're different. That doesn't mean you're above them. It means you don't partake with them. That's all. Just walk away. You know, I mean, you just walk away. We should be live soberly, righteously, and godly in this, pre, in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of, of the great God and of our Savior, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from iniquity and purify himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. So I have chose to shine. I have chose to, UP, to use U, UPS. I don't witness, by the way, on the clock. They're not paying me to witness at all. The load is hot. I'm not going to sit there on the dock. Now, I witness where the God puts me in a place where I do. If I'm waiting on a load on the door, I'll go in the back of the truck and help the loader load, and I'm telling them about Jesus. We're working side by side. I'm giving them the gospel, and I'm talking. I am not robbing him of anything. If it's, if it's before work, or if I have a place where I can do it, and I get off the clock, and I do that, I'll do it on my own time. It's funny how God honors that. We were in the tightest ship in the shipping business, and yet I can witness and give three to four or five Bibles a day away. He makes a way. He does it all the time. So 
one thing that that started that was is near dear to my heart because when when you start something when you obey god it turns it just keeps going and going and going and going so about 10 years ago or so maybe 12 now um i had the verse by verses do you remember those verse by verse mp3s if you went to if you've gone here for a long time it was in a little square thing and had all the mp3 embossed things i gave them away like crazy that's how our, our, our relationship started here so i'd give them to other drivers and I, I remember seeing a driver come up the crosswalk our guard shack was here crosswalk was here and god just opened my eyes and said give that guy about give this guy an mp3 thing and i was like okay and and I saw him actually uh, the, uh, the next day. I'd never seen him ever before. I said, hey, man, how you doing? My name's Paul. Talked to him. And I said, here's, here's an MP3 thing. And, and, uh, and he looks at him and he said, I don't listen to that four-letter word. And I'm like, okay, God, that was cool. I, I like that. It was so awkward. It was incredibly awkward, right? Just And you're just sitting there going, okay. And he goes, but my wife, she's into all that four-letter word stuff. And I said, okay. And, um, and so wouldn't you know, the next week, his start time moved to my start time. And we just started talking. You know, he loves sports. He loved the Patriots and uh, hate the Patriots. But, you know, I just was <laughs> talking to him. And, and uh, we would jab each other back and forth, you know, and... He was a good guy. He, he served in Afghanistan, or not Afghanistan, uh, Iraq, and good guy, military guy. And then, you know, we just back and forth and got out of our trucks at the same time, you know, in the certain areas sometimes, and we talk and everything. And then one day he comes in, he's got his sun, sunglasses on, super dark. And that was just so weird. And, and I said, what's going on, man? And he goes, uh, it's my brain cancer. It's back. It's all over my brain, and I'm going to die. And then you realize, two months previous, there's a lot of stuff going on in a lot of people's lives. A lot. And you can't be so thin-skinned when God shows you to do something, and it's negative like that. There's more to it. There's always something more. He always has, when he tells you to do something, it's for a reason. You may never, ever see the full part of it, but he's got the full part. Our, our part is to obey. So I went down, and wouldn't you know, you know, we have like 70, 80 trucks sitting there, and we are assigned keys, and wouldn't you know that day, it was his last day at work. His truck was here. We do our pre-trip, do all the hoods, you know, check all the fluids and stuff, and I'm just at a loss, you know. I'm going to pray for him. And I said, Billy, let's just pray, you know, and, and uh, so I, I laid my arms on him, we started to pray, and he collapsed in my arms. And I just started praying that how much Jesus loved him and, and cared for him, and he's screaming out of me, and can, I can imagine what this looked like. He hates me, he hates me, he hates me, and just nothing, he hates me, and I'm just like, and I'm praying louder, and we're going back and forth, and he's bawling and shaking, and I'm just like, and he drove off. And you're like, God, what do I do? You know, how, how do I, what, what do, and the Lord just, and the Holy Spirit is the most beautiful thing. Love on him. And I'm like, how? You know, how? And so the Lord showed me 
He's going to need money. See, God's real practical. Let's <laughs> just go say, UPS doesn't pay you. You know, when you get off of work like that, they don't pay you. It's off the job, on, not an on-the-job injury, so you don't have any income. I knew he had kids. We had just talked to her, three kids or two kids or whatever it was. Wife didn't work. I knew that. And so I went to my boss. See, I'm going to, what I'm teaching this is, is God showed me to do all this. Not that I did everything right. He showed me to do all this. Go to my boss. Because he gave me this idea, okay? I had it shipped here. I had scrap wood, non-things. You can tell how crafty I am, what, what a good uh, precision carpenter I am here. Donation box. It was, it was the most amazing thing. So what happened was all of a sudden I stepped out, started calling people. I said, I'm going to put a box out. My boss said all day long, do it. So we got an imprinted Bible, and we put it out there, and we put blank Avery label paper on it. And that was when drivers clocked in and clocked out, and they, they would sign and write notes on it and stuff where all the pages were just all full. And then they started doing that. I gave him people their, his address, and drivers started, you know, it was right before Thanksgiving, like three, three weeks before. Drivers started, lost drivers, saved drivers. Hey man, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna bring Thanksgiving to, and it was so amazing to watch God do, line all this stuff through. Lost people, saved people, everything. Christmas, uh, what do you think they want? I call it, this is that, I'll get this, and then is there anything else? Oh, you get that, and what about a tree? Oh yeah, we'll go over and pop it up. Doing everything, I'm just sitting here watching the Holy Spirit, and all I'm doing is pointing and directing and pointing, and say, oh, do it, yes, this is the time, and doing everything. So I went over there, and the first drop came, you know, it was like, I don't know, $3,500, right? I went over there to his house, and I had the Bible, and I had that, and I opened the door, and here he's sitting on the couch. And he's just sitting there, and there's nothing but cards all on the wall. And he goes, look at this, Paul. And he received Jesus, bawling, just bawling, man. And he goes, I'm going to take my family to church. I said, yep, that'd be a good idea. Took him three times and he died. Then we raised money again. Another $3,500 for the funeral. Gave it to Cammy, And then uh, my brother Mark supported the widow. Didn't even meet him in Wyoming. My brother Mark and Patsy supported them. Not supported all the way. Gave him like, two, I don't know, $300 a month, $200 a month for two, three years. Didn't even know him. Didn't get a write-off. <laughs> you know, he's just sending a check because he was led. But what this turned into was every single thing that I do, I ask. Somebody has cancer. Somebody gets hurt at work. That's serious. Not little. Don't do everything. My, just I weigh it out by the Holy Spirit. I can't tell you how many people get born again because suffering happens. I can't tell you, I probably have spoken at, I don't even know how many funerals, by just doing, and I'm not a speaker, by just doing this. And every time somebody, some, somebody's mom dies, if I get a hold of it, because it's not every time, sometimes I don't, don't catch it, there's 
two, three hundred drivers, right? So you, you can't keep up on everything. But I find out, I call the person, when's the funeral? I buy the flowers every time. Then I put a note out, and then folks, I ask for 20 bucks for flowers, right? Every time. So it, it always matches that cost, and then anything over, I put in a card and give to them, and give them a Bible, and give them the gospel. But you're, 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 you're keeping yourself above reproach to your employer. You're working hard as unto them. To your, so, so now, I would say, and this is archaic now, and this is another point. God's ahead of technology, don't worry. Now the time clock isn't there anymore, now we zell. Now we have you know, fundraisers and everything. Matter of fact, on Monday, Tuesday, I go into work and I find out that my dispatcher, sweet lady Sarah, um, her 11-year-old son died in a car wreck with, with the mother-in-law. So there's a, a GoFundMe now thing. Somebody else actually did it. Donate to it. You be a part of all of these things. There's always opportunities. And I'm telling you, now I get favor like crazy with it. I, I do Bibles and I, I put them up on the counter. And I'm working. I'm not even going to say it, but you know. And they allow it. But I get, I ask every single time. Every single time. But I also give every single human in UPS a Bible with their name on it too that I meet including the new CEO I sent her one and that because that's just part of life man reaching people so when I wake up not always here's my uniform you know I'm a driver some days most days I ask the Lord to fill me with his Holy Spirit and I put this on over the top this is who I am as a company but underneath me is this or I can be yucky and keep this on. I don't want this on. And it's, it's something that is really practical, but it comes from seeking him first. And I beg God every day to bring pe people across my path. Every day. Every day I beg. I mean, I just can't tell you. When these things happen, like, like that happens, or Thursday happens, or we were at the, at the, just this, this week at a restaurant, and gave the girl a Bible, and she goes, she just looks at me, and she goes, you know, my dad has cancer, and I've been mad at God. And yeah, I'm saved, but I just want to walk away. And a man came up to me last week, doesn't even know who I am, and walked up to me, grabbed my arm, and said, don't be mad at God. And then now I said, and I'm giving you a Bible? I said, I think you need to change your attitude, ma'am. 100%. This isn't, this is abnormal. Does my faith increase or decrease? I'm asking you. You run across stuff like that. Does your faith increase or, 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 or decrease? Increases, of course. Comes alive. Then you're not so rigid in your doctrine and not so crazy with all, all, all this stuff. So as we continue, we do zealous of good works. People should know. So, like, if there's anything that happens, I get phone calls. It doesn't annoy me. Okay, can you get me the who it is, and I'll talk to him. Yeah, okay, can I, what, when is a funeral? How long have you been out? You know, what, what's going on? I get details. And if it's appropriate, we raise money and do things. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. I bet you, in this box, and now there's no time clock, so this is kind of archaic. And again, I say this, God is ahead of everything. I bet you a couple hundred thousand 
rolled through there in about 12 years. Because there's 200 drivers. There's always something going on. It's amazing. God is amazing. You can use, you can be CIA, Christians in Action at Work, all day long. And it's the most beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. So it says this, okay. Um, how hard should we work? Servants, be obedient unto them that are here, that are, are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of heart, as unto Christ. Not with eye service. That's, <laughs> it says eye service. If you look up the Greek, it says sight workers, meaning you're just standing there on your phone and you hear the footsteps around, and all of a sudden you put the phone down and you pretend you're working. Who sees all that? Jesus does, right? Again, we're a witness. A strong one. We should be wanting, when the work is done, we should do something inside of that. And maybe there's places at UPS, there's never a time where something doesn't have to be done all the time. And it says, not with eyes as men pleasers, but as servants unto Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. See, I don't care if anybody sees. I don't really care. I'm working as unto him at UPS. So when I do that, I get great re, re, our, our, our reward. Now, this is going to be really, really hard. You're not going to handle this well. But 1 Peter 2 says this. This is going to be hard to swallow. But it's, it's, it's doctrine. It should be taught. It's something that we should do. It says, servants, be subject to your master. So employees, be subject to your boss with all fear. Not only to the good and gentle but also to the froward. I find these days that so many Christians have such thin skin. Oh my gosh. I work for a fill-in-the-box, lesbian, homosexual, whatever you want to talk about it. And I'm like, so? You're working. Work is under the Lord. Be a witness. You're there to be a witness. Doesn't matter. It says not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. Uh-oh. For this is thankworthy. Oh, man, this is hard stuff. Hard stuff. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it if you be buffeted for your faults? You shall take it patiently. But if when you do well, you suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. It's hard stuff. I've lived this at UPS so much. I've had great bosses and bad bosses. And everybody in between. I remember one, one time that this guy ripped me a new one, man. I mean, he ripped me like crazy, dropping terrible words all on me. And just from head to toe in front of all my boss. I mean, you know, I was a little boss for a little while, five years, when I was a long time, part-time supervisor. And he just totally ripped me and humiliated me. And I thought of myself, I, I thought, in my brain, I was thinking, I was like, who died and made you boss? And Jesus was like, that's an old expression. And Jesus said to my heart, I did. He saw it. You see, I'm trusting my father's judgment. You see, Jesus was, was on the cross. He didn't do anything wrong. He trusted his father to carry him through. And he worked as unto him. And that these things will come to pass. Your boss will, will come and go. Who did no sin, neither was guile or deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. Man, this is tough. It's only by the Holy Spirit. This is workplace witnessing. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously to his father. 
And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying you should put up with sexual abuse or sexual comments or anything out of the line like that. But if they're just coarse, it's okay. You're there to witness and be a light all day long, all day long. And I know this is unpopular. It's not American. I'm American, got my rights and all these things like that. But we, we serve a king and he's very aware of where, of, of where you work and he placed those bosses there for us to, to, to trust him. So any, anyways, we'll end with that. And, and if you are a boss, I'll just end with this. For, for our promotion comes neither from the east or the west or the south. But, but, but God is judged. If you're a boss, you have been pre, uh, uh, promoted and it's in, 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 by him. And Colossians, we should be humble about that. And it says, Masters, given to your servants that which is just and equal. You should be a just and fair boss. If you are a boss in this room, you should be just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. And those that are a boss also, Ephesians says, you masters do the same thing unto them, forbearing, threatening knowing that your master also in heaven, neither is their respect of persons with him. That is the end of the first section, so I hope you learned from that. We'll take a little break here. All right, everybody back again. Okay, thank you for coming back. We have more stuff up here at the end that we'll have free be, uh, uh, be able to take. What is amazing to me, what is fun to watch about this, is that this is not just the word of God. This, is, this book is alive, man. This, this book, the Bible, speaks to you. It absolutely, even if it's on a coffee table and you put their name on it or whatever, my suggestion is, is you have an imprinter here. You know, just think of somebody. And, and think of somebody beyond your family. Think of your, your family is fine, and we're going to go over that in a minute, but, we're, but we'll go over something more fun first. But... Inside of all of this, this is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. This is the most powerful book on the planet. There is nothing like this. And if you think it's just a book, then you're reading just a book. You're not coming to it and knowing that you're coming and having a cup of coffee in the morning with Jesus. And guess what? He waits for you every single morning for you to seek him. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to be intimately involved in every single thing because he knows intimately that every single thing he, he has for you is going to be the most amazing experience for you. And you're going to grow. And because it's not only this perspective he has here on this terra firma, he sees what you're going to get for an eternal reward forever and ever and ever. And that's what he wants. And that's what he desires. He knows that, we're, that our flesh just cringes sometimes on it. But, you know, for us, for, for me, you know, speaking at the East Coast Pastors Conference, what a crazy honor. I mean, I, I seriously, I couldn't even believe here you have all these speakers that are all well-known, and then you have me, the proverbial blanket in the punch bowl. I mean, you're just, you're just I'm laughing. I'm going, why, are you, why, God, would you have me come here? And, and then what I realized, it was all about his word going out. Because since from that point, now there's just a network of, there's a great, great company and Philadelphia here that 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 we just now really came joined with even more and more that are that is now distributing God's word and they have a warehouse and and we're we're stuffing that warehouse now and everything's going like if you want to do Dave you want to do a few pictures on the border you, if you got time um, this is what's happening on the border okay 
Uh, you guys stickered these baubles, or your junior high did, about, I don't even know, what was it? probably two months ago, a month and a half ago, something like that. And so keep clicking. This is in Reynosa, Texas. Look at all these people that have never held God's word ever before. There's able ambassadors of, of the gospel. Thousands of people are getting saved. We have sent down to the border by this company in Philadelphia. I'm in Texas, right? By this company in Philadelphia has shipped, I think it's running... I get my, my numbers a little mixed because they start, it's, it's between 160 and 180,000 Bibles have now hit the border since March of 2021. And it just keeps going and going and going. And yes, I am a conservative Christian. I believe we should have a border in a country. I believe all of that. But thousands of people are getting saved and God is the sovereign God of the universe. He doesn't have a border on, on, on his continent, I mean, on, on this globe. So as a result of that, and I'm not saying I'm not for all the corruption and crime, all that, but God is at work. Thousands and thousands of people getting saved. You want to keep clicking. There's some really great pictures. I mean, this is just last, these are Bibles that these kids stickered, that they're just taking over and <laughs> keep going. And there's just, there's just a bunch of, I mean, you see the, See how dear the Word of God is to, to, to people that have never had a Bible. And so anyways, keep playing. So we keep going, and, and, and what God, I realize is that through all of this, the Word of God is what is being pronounced. It's not about me speaking. It was about me being able to come, and all of a sudden, all these pastors here, now all of a sudden we're having connections all over the globe and, and all over the United States now. They, this company was, was reading to me the other day. A guy there was, was reading a list of the last shipment of Bibles that went out. I don't even know what's going on. I just fill the Bible. I fill the warehouse with Bibles as best we can, and they send them out. I don't care. I, I know, you know, this is funny. Jesus is coming. The Antichrist system is coming. The Word of God is on the ground. And we put stickers inside of all of them, by the way, if you want to see. We grabbed one put stickers inside of all of them you know how to get saved and what apps to go to for free and how much jesus loves him and more scripture references and how to get saved and all kind of things we put inside of every single bible and then we even personally sign them I, a bunch of people thank you everybody in houston that helps us sign but they'll write in their proverbs 3 5 and 6 you know and and write in every one so it's something that looks personal and and we imprint names by the thousands you know and 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 the word of god is where it's at and the gospel of inconvenience i call it is where it's at i want to note one other thing that on the table back by the bookstore i will have this sticker rack there you'll always have plenty of stickers if you want to add it to a book that you're giving away whatever you are do, are, are doing just take tear off and go for it don't worry if you tear a sticker. It's okay. God's okay with that. I've, I've ruined plenty of stickers, so it's all, it's all good. Just part of bait, right? So anyways, the gospel of inc inconvenience. What do I mean by that? It's when stuff goes wrong, <laughs> right? It's when things go wrong. Okay, you see here, I got a knee thing on here. Okay, so I've had a sore knee. So my prayer is always, now that I do this all the time, I'm like, God's bringing me into a new territory. I don't ordinarily go. I don't ordinarily go to the, go 
to this doctor. So I'm going to pray, Jesus, you either heal me or I'm just going to open my mouth up about everybody there about you, whoever I, 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 I come into contact with. You think God is happy with that? Of course he is. So you go there, first girl comes, give her a Bible, I carry one. And I said, and I said so, so where are you going when you die? And she goes, well, I, I've always been saved. I said, really? <laughs> At what point? And she goes, well, I've always known God. You mean from birth? Yeah. That gives a good indication that they're Catholic. That, that's in on page on the... Uh, one through, I think it's on the 13 through 16, top 16 incorrect answers given when given the, the question, if you were to die today, where are you going and why? And it's in the back there, and, and it's in, you can just grab those and take them. And on the YouTube channel, too, you can go, go in and click on that. Everything is available to print out on Google, Chromecast, all, the, all that stuff. Somebody did all that for me. I didn't even tell you. When I started filming, sidetracked, I'm a rat. So um, when I started to film that, the Lord showed me to film it. And I'm just like, I am not a selfie guy. Oh, my gosh. I'm not a take a click, click picture kind of guy and all that stuff. And of, of me anyways, I'll take pictures of Bibles and people, but not me. And so having a selfie stick at home doing that was just awful. I just couldn't even, I stutter, and I'm just, just like, oh my gosh, I look like an idiot, and I just can't stand looking at myself, and I don't want to do, do, do this. So then I was studying on the, in the book that the Holy Spirit had me write to teach it at home, and then the Lord said, put the camera up on the visor, and I filmed the whole thing on, in a truck. And felt the peace about it like crazy, because that's where I got it. So you're going to be, if, if you watch it, you're going to see me in, in the cab of a truck filming. So this is going to be the first time you ever saw a blue-collar dude teaching something in a truck, right? So... Anyways, so on that page 16, I said, so have you ever said, Jesus, if you don't save me, I'm going to hell, c c come inside of my heart. And I said, look, a baby, when it gets wet on the head, is getting, w getting wet on the head. When you baptize them at birth, you're just getting their head sprinkled. They're not being saved because the Gospel of John says, whosoever shall believe, right? A babies can't believe. So I said, ma'am, have you ever done that? And she goes, well, I'm Catholic. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not downing you for being a Catholic. I'm saying, do you have a relationship with, with, with Jesus Christ? And she goes, well, I've always believed in God. I said, no, 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 I'm not going there again. I'm telling you, have you ever prayed this? Because this is it's a, a, a relationship. Then you go to, I believe it's the third illustration in the incorrect answers is I believe in God. Okay, and then, you know, of course, even demons believe and tremble. James uh, 2 says, says that. And then, but God has given me an, an, an illustration that really seems to hit home, and it hit her. And I could see, bingo, it clicked. So I often hold up my, my hand. You know, I'm like, Jesus died on the cross. He died. That should be me up there. That should be Paul up on that cross. That's what I deserved. And I deserve to suffer eternally. And I deserve the full wrath of God on my life because I've sinned against a holy God. That's what I deserve, right? I said, but I got to take that free gift off. And, and Catholics, it's really, and again, I'm not picking on, I'm not saying all Catholics are lost, by the way. So please don't think that either. I'm not Lutherans, whatever, Baptists, whatever. And, and when I, so don't think I'm, I'm saying that. Just, she was, happened to be a Catholic, okay? And so I said, look, if I had a whole, if I had a million dollars, I think her name was Annalisa, million dollars right here, 
I, Paul, give you, Annalisa, this money right here. You could believe it's like, say this is a power. You could believe it's here all day long. But unless you took it and made it yours, it would do you no good. So like the money, unless you take that gift by faith inside of your heart, it'll do you no good to believe in God. You have to accept what he's done. Know that he died for you and he rose again. And that because when you die, he's got you. He rose again. He's got you. So your body's going to lay down, but your soul and your heart is going to go with Jesus Christ. And I even had somebody challenge me. Where does it say in your heart? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> People get so technical with the Bible and just like, you know, I bet you've never witnessed to a human being on your planet, in the planet, you know, because you get so King James, you just, you're just like, oh my gosh, just witness to somebody and live, please. And, and, but yes, so semantically, no, not in, in, in your heart. But I'm just saying that you receive Jesus as your Savior and you trust that he took your place in death, burial, and re resurrection. You receive him as your king and you follow him because he rose again from the dead. And she goes, and you could see that it clicked. And she, she received the Lord. So I brought her back a Bible on the second time I came back. Everybody saw it. And all of a sudden, I think um, we're up to like 24 imprints there. Gospel presented 12 times. Just going to, going to, for my knee. And it still hurts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's okay. You know, it's all right. I got to go back, right? I mean, you just got to go back. So, I mean, it's all good. We went a year ago. This was the crazy one. My, my, my wife had a, something going on. And so we went and, and before... I got the name of the receptionist because I made an appointment for her and got the name of the receptionist. So I came ready and I do that a lot. Who, who, you know, you know, you, you know, who am I doing? And you can do this here because you go to church here. If you have an appointment, you can call them up and say, Daniel, hey, I'm going to come. Uh, this is the name. Can you turn on your imprinter? I'm going to bring a Bible. Can you put a stamp on it? If it costs you money, it's okay. <laughs> you'll never be able to, you'll never be a debtor to God. I guarantee that. I mean, no, God will never be a debtor to you. He will bless up by the truth. So I'm not a living proof of that. God honors you and all that stuff. So I, I went there and this was like a six story of doctor's office. It was last year. This was early in the year. So went there, had to go back the second time. I get a list like 21 names. All of a sudden, I'm getting calls from the third floor because the nurses all eat together. Getting calls. It wound up being 104 imprints that I had to sign, had to ship. Is it work? Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else? I mean, I could watch a football game, I suppose. And I like that. I do. I love sports. But what's more important? It's the gospel of inconvenience. AC guy comes over again. Um, had an AC guy come over and they did some fabulous work. I'm exerting, you know, I said, man, I could never do that. God created you with this brain to do this. I'm interchanging God in all of it. It's just normal conversation. I'm exhorting somebody, not just saying you do a good job, but God made you to be able to do a good job. The Lord blessed you and, and, and he, he gave you the ability to do this. You see, you're, inter, you're interchanging your... Your voice is what? Seasoned with salt. Right? It's just not that complicated. It's super easy. And I'm not really teaching off of anything right now because the gospel of inconvenience is just things that come across your, your, your path all the time. Yeah, we, we've done 
I mean, restaurants and waiters and waitresses. And I, I could go on that one story, but I'm not going to because of the time's sake. I'm already held you way too long. But, but things turn into things. And I might go there at, at the end, but I don't think I have time. But restaurants, we've had 40, 50 Bibles at, at a restaurant over a period of time. Places that you frequent. And, and you learn things as you're going. I'll never forget, we had witnessed to this girl, and I even told this story maybe a year ago or so, I think. But, um, and it changed my heart. See, certain things just change you. I had witnessed, and we had had 11 people get saved in like 13 days, just being me, you know, which is crazy. Just like, this is stupid. So I walk in, giving a girl a Bible that we had talked to. She wasn't saved, but I noticed, and God gives you this. It was Friday, like at noon, it was a popular place. And this little girl comes up, and I can see her looking at the Bible. God will give you the eyes, and after a while, you get trained by him. You're being turned into his image by hearing his voice every day, applying the Holy Spirit, and letting him, if I, Jesus, if you had my eyes, what would you guide me? If you had my hands, where would I go? If you had my feet, where would you walk to? It's simple. You're just going and doing who you are. So this girl noticed, I said, hey, would, would you like a Bible like this? And she goes, wow, that's weird. And I was like, okay. And she goes, yeah. She goes, you know, first time today I've ever prayed. I don't know what I was praying. I just didn't know what God was and everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, think of that. Come on. I mean, it's, it's stupid. See, remember Ephesians 2 says, you have works preordained before the foundation of the work. They're divine setups. You just walk in them. You're not great. I'm not great. I just know what, who's buttering the bread and who's setting it all up. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do. And that's the fun of it. That's the fun of it. And so she goes, well, you know, I said, what do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about God? She goes, well, I believe in, I believe I've heard, you know, I said, do you know anything about Jesus? Actually, is what I said. She goes, yeah, Christmas and Easter, but I'm not sure what Easter is. I mean, she really didn't know anything. And she goes, you know, my parents raised me to, if I like Buddha, be Buddha. If I like whatever, just do it. They'll support me in it. I said, oh, cool. So I gave her the, the gospel, and I said, what does that sound like? She goes, it sounds like something I need to do. And she goes, it's really weird how it feels. And I'm like, yeah, that's the Holy Spirit. It's tugging at your heart. It's a beautiful thing. And it was a crowded restaurant, tile floor, loud, popular, lunchtime, noon, Friday, everyone getting off work early. One of those places, the door's opening and shutting, opening and shutting, opening and shutting. And she's the, is, is, is the hostess. I said, do you want to pray? And she goes, right here. And I said, all we're going to do is talk to God about your soul. And I said, nowhere in the Bible is this. As a matter of fact, most of the prayers are with their eyes open. And I said, nobody hears us. We're, we're, we're just going to talk. And I go, have you noticed the door isn't opening up? She goes, that's so weird. I said, yeah, it's your time. So we prayed and she received Jesus. And all of a sudden we got done and the door was open. Bam, people start coming in. And I said, hey, ma'am, I'll give you a Bible with your name on it and put it on there in a few days when I get back. And I had stuff to do, you know, Bible stuff to do. I had chores and errands and stuff. So I went out to the car going, my God, Lord, you're just amazing. That's like 12 and the 14, whatever it was. You're amazing. And, and then get to the car and all of a sudden God asked me this one thing and he said if that was your daughter what would you do and I'm like oh my gosh and I was like I would run home and I would give a Bible as quick as I can into her hands and I would give her every single thing I could as quickly as I could and then it blew my mind 
and, and see there's an urgency about this. There's an urgency about everything that you do because you don't know if you have tomorrow or not. And then he goes, that's my daughter. And I was like, ah, oh, ouch. So what do you think I did? I called, and so my wife always, always, and I, Marianne, and always have this cadence. That's my daughter. I don't care if it's a dude. You know, we just kind of <laughs> we hurry and get things done because we don't know if we're going to do it. We don't know if we have. We don't delay. We serve a king. I'm not building a business. I'm not building a brand. I follow a king, and every day we we can experience him inside of that. So the so the AC guy again, you compliment him gospel of exhortation it's in it's in the his passion you 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 compliment them but they turn it turns into a gospel conversation i don't know how many ac guys have gotten saved or roof people or plumbers or electricians or direct tv we had a satellite problem forever bringing person after person <laughs> and i'm like well god i would like to watch tv too but no i'm just kidding play but and and different people come that would ordinarily not. Gospel of inconvenience. Use those. Pick your eyes up off of your poor little self. Oh, me, oh, me. And get him up onto heaven. He's bringing you people to witness to. You know, he will. So that is the gospel of inconvenience. I'm going to end with the hardest one. And that is the gospel to your family. That is the hardest one. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to put you at ease. In a certain sense on this. I'll tell you this in the front. I have succeeded wonderfully by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I have failed miserably by the letter of the law. I've done both. I'm embarrassed to say I've done both. I mean, well, one is good and the, and, and, and the other is bad. Love always and grace always wins with truth. Spirit and truth, always, always, always. There's a tenderness about the Holy Spirit and truth that comes out. There is a legalism and a killing. I don't know. I've seen so many families separated by, by just nonsense, by, by stupidity. So let's, let's start off. We're going to be in Mark chapter 6, 1 through 9. So if you have a Bible, it's not in a book, 1 through, through, through 6. It says this. And he went, Jesus speaking, or I mean about Jesus, and he went out thence and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath was, was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished. Now, this was not a good astonishment, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is there which is given un, unto him, that even such mighty works are done and wrought by his hands. Now they're 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 mocking this. They're they're not praising him because you can tell by by the next verse is not this carpenter, the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joses and Judah and Simon, are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. That word means scandal. They were embarrassed of him. They were totally embarrassed. His brothers and his sisters and his family were embarrassed of him. If they're embarrassed of the living God that never sinned once, that was Holy Spirit-filled and perfect, what are they going to be of you? And I mean that. And I mean this with the greatest respect. Most pastors are not evangelists. Most of them are not. Joe has a gift of it. But he's not a total evangelist. 
So when they give evangelical, I'm not speaking of Job, I'm speaking of pastors in general, when they give an evangelical me- a message, they're pastors. So of course pastors shepherd their own flocks, so they, they want you to witness to your own family. So then you do that and it's negative and you never go beyond. Never. You know, that was a bad experience. Well, it's in your own family. You can kind of expect that. It's part of it. So, but there, but verse 4, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet, he even says it, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house, meaning I got honor everywhere but at home. That's a living God. Walk perfectly. Goody, goody two sandals, as Joe always says, you know, he walked perfectly. And they, and they didn't like that. So when you walk righteously be, uh, before God, they're going to take pot shots at you. And whenever you make the, the littlest mistake or you do something, it's magnified times 100. And they remember that. It's just part of the life. Don't be worried about it. And, and, and it's really interesting what happens here. And he said, and he could do there no mighty work. It doesn't say nothing. I've had people get saved in my family through love and grace. And, and when you do the, the, those things as unto him, he will just magnify his life in you. So my brother Mark, um, he didn't get saved through me, um, but it was, I was part of, the, part of the thing. He, got, he actually received Jesus through his wife, Patsy. But when I hadn't, didn't have anything and I finally got an extra little bit of change. I mean, I was in poverty, but I gave everything as unto the Lord to him, to help him and his family for a, a period of time. I don't re, I re, I remember. The remarkable thing is I was with him just this last summer. I mean, just a few, a few, uh, a few months ago. He was reminding me of things that we did that I totally forgot. You know why? Because I wasn't keeping score. I was doing it as unto the Lord. He's my reward. I forgot I even did all those things, but he remembered. And that's what you're at. When you're inside of your, your family, you do things as unto him, not respecting, not expecting anything in return ever. He eventually, through this, through his wife, received the Lord, but we were a key contributed factor. On the other side, I've done things through legalism, when I was amongst a lot of legalistic people, and they were counseling me with harsh words, you know, spew you out with your mouth and all these just awful stuff. And I just, I regret all of it. And we are working through things right now as a family and as brothers and stuff that I love dearly with all my heart and, and loving on them. I'm not compromising. I'm loving on them. And that's, and that's where the fruit comes out. He could do their no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and he healed them. And look at this. This is so funny. It says he marveled because of unbelief and he went round about the, the village's teaching. He left his family. And then he teaches his disciples. He left his family and he sends, he sends them out from his, from his family. I want you to move from your family if you're just witnessed and it's negative and all witnessing isn't for me. Go out. What does he tell them to do? He called into the twelve and he began to, to send them, verse 7, forth two by four and gave them power. This is exousia, not dunamis. We have little gift packages. The, the way I see that is, is the power of the Holy Spirit is that as you're going, these gifts will follow you. I was a UPS delivery driver for a long time. Somebody would order a package. 
I would come through me and I would deliver it to Trevor. I was just the middleman that took the package and delivered it. When you go to somebody, say, Trevor, I don't know. I come up on him. He needs a gift of healing. God gives me a gift, a dunamis, a, an explosion dynamite. It's a one package deal. I give it to him. If he's healed, that's that one time. I'm not a healer. I just got a gift from the Holy Spirit. That's what it's talking about in the power to be a witness as we go. It's little teeny packages. This is Exusia because he was given, he was, he was proclaiming the kingdom of God and he was, he was setting up for a kingdom and Exusia is the royal right where they went out and everybody was healed and demons were cast out and he commanded them that they should take nothing on their journey but shot with the shadows. So a lot of folks, because of bad experiences, we are called, and I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 20. It says, let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. I know sometimes we, we think, man, I wish I was this family or I had that family or man, all of them are walking with God. God puts you where you're at. Live in it. Be there. Strive in it. Thrive in it. God puts you there for a reason. Shine. It's okay. It's okay. He's got you there. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it, but if thou mayest be free, use it rather. It's talking about servant, but he's calling up, talking about abiding where they're at. That if you're a servant, be as unto him. If you're in this family, be unto him. Wherever you're at, be unto him. God placed you sovereignly inside of the family that you're, you were. You can't change who you were born from. And live in that. It's okay. God is teaching you through these things. So rely on, on the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of mighty things that we, that, that we can do. Ephesians 5 and 18 says, And be not drunk with wine, word in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke 13, 11, 13 says, How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You're going to need this witnessing to your own family. Be steadfast. Luke 9, 51 says this, um, when he's, he's going to the cross, but this is our field. Steadfastly in Luke 9, 51, it says, It came to pass when he, the time was come that he should be received up. He steadfastly set his face to go, to go to Jerusalem. God showed me this when teaching on, on the family. We have to be steadfast, meaning firmly loyal or constant, unswerving. This is where we're at. It may take years of witnessing and being kind. It may take years and years and years. For us, for me, it was the first 10 years, no fruit. Then all of a sudden, my mom got saved at 56. Then my, my, my stepdad got saved. In their last 30 years, they walked with God. They were, they were Lutherans, but then they understood a relationship, and they walked with God. And then, you know, my... Uh, steps uh, 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 sister got saved and then you know my my my, uh, my brother mark got saved a little earlier than that but but it was 10 years of just living it loving and not expecting anything in return and then i've blown it here and there i mean we all do it's just your family remember that christ died for you while you were yet sinners all these things that colossians 3 says put on there on therefore Holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness, meekness of mind, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. And this is Colossians 3.13. And this is such a big one. I love this because for forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, I can forgive every single human being on the planet because he forgave me for all my sins.
bottom line. He has given me for so much. How could I not forgive Trevor? How could I not forgive? He's bad, dude, by the way. How could I not forgive all these folks? Right? If you walk around knowing that, think about Jesus. How did he walk? He walked with a forgiving heart towards everybody, ready to forgive. Are we walking around ready to avenge or ready to forgive? Big difference. Huge difference when the Holy Spirit takes over your heart inside of all, uh, 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 inside of all of that. I have, yeah, 8.37. We got time. I want to share something with you uh, that I shared this morning. And then I'll open it up to some questions. Um, if anybody wants to ask anything, if you have, if, if you do, you don't have to come up at all. You don't have to ask. There's a Michael over there and, 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 and over there. It's, that would be totally up to you. If you have any questions, and if the Holy Spirit gives me an answer, it'll come out. But one of the things, if you want to Zach, if, or I mean, uh, if you want to show that picture of Zach, one of the things that we, we do is we, we do imprinted Bibles. I mentioned to you, we, we do it in a you know, radical fashion. And there's a restaurant we used to go to all the time. It's called Mikado's. And uh, there's delivery. We, we, we have an imprint at home. So when, he, when we order a pizza, we'll ask who the, who the delivery dri- the driver is. We'll turn on the imprint and make a bobble with their name on it. Blows their mind. They, they come out and they're, 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 there's a nice tip and a bobble with their name on it. You know, it's really cool. And so I actually saw him and, and he was uh, sitting on, on the bench. And God will open your eyes to the field because you're asking him to. And he looks really like a cool kid, had a baseball hat, and uh, 6'3 or so, tall kid. And, and so I, I start tr- striking up a conversation with him while I'm waiting on the food and, and uh, got his name. And I said, hey, man, I'm going to bring you back up a present. What's your name? Gave me his name. And so we got it on there. And uh, um, he two weeks went by. I called every day. The owner is a believer and and so she would set me up with names and stuff and we'd bring them by lots of folks got saved there i mean crazy so two weeks went by he finally was at work and and uh we um uh got the bible he's a big tall kid leaning against his mustang i'm in the garage and he's just sitting there listening he didn't receive jesus you know I, i said you know you are at this point it is official you are heading to hell and it is true. If you've given the gospel clearly and they don't receive it, it is a heaven and hell thing, and it's real as can be. And, and I, I said, you know, it is a real thing. And he took his Bible, was so grateful, just a really wonderful, respectful kid. And so um, nothing, you know, he drove off, didn't think anything of it. We, we do this all the time. God's got him. He magnifies your witness, even with a stuttering lip, right? So six, seven weeks went by. Maybe eight weeks went, went by, phone rings on her home, and I'm doing a workout that night, and, and he, he uh, that's a, a female, and she says, my, I am Candace, and I, I, uh, I am um, calling about my son, Zach. You, you gave him a Bible, and just want to tell you. So I got the, the, uh, the number. I get back on the bike, and I'm riding. I listen, and, and she goes, um, man, Zach came home that night, and he said, Mom, i got to get saved. And at that time, five years ago, there was a movie called Woodlawn. You know, and he goes, I want to go with this high school group to Woodlawn. Well, by the end of the movie, he's already jumping up to get saved, you know. And again, he's going to use you 
in a line of people, you know, all the time. So he gets saved. Next Sunday, he's at the, at the same place that threw them the movie on a Wednesday night. He's getting baptized on Sunday. Right? They, they did it right. They did it fast. And I'm starting to think this is a great story. I mean, I hear this kind of thing a lot because we do this every, every day. Wonderful. Re- rejoicing. And she's excited and, and not, well, she's, there's a tone to her. And so she goes, and we went skiing and we came back on, on this uh, weekend and, and he was hit by a car on Tuesday and died. 17 years old, right? And so now she's bawling and crying and, and, and sobbing and all of a sudden the wheels stop turning on the bike and you're, you're, you're listening to everything. And you're just searching, what can I do, Lord? And so she tells me the Bible that I gave her now to her son is now her most valuable uh, possession. You know, she's going to hold on to that. And we, I pray over everything in there. I write not just the scripture, but we write everything inside of it. And, you know, I'll write, dear, dear Zach, you know, just that. And I'll, I'll always put Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. Bam, exclamation point. And then whatever word comes out first. I write, and then God just finishes it. He just pours it out, and I sign it. Love, Paul and Mary and Stiggy. So um, there's a funeral. We're going to use it. And, of course, he was homecoming, you know, just the whole thing. Whole high school came. Lots of people, lots of pe- you, know, you, know, you, know, you know, people got saved. And, and he goes, well, there's a, a, a girl. He just got pregnant right before. And I said, what's her name? I want to get her a Bible. And uh, so got her a Bible, and I prayed about finding her in this funeral. And so I came, there's just tons of kids. And you know, God, desire of your heart, you want to give the gospel and you want to share, share Jesus. And so he showed me her. And I, I tapped on her shoulder, didn't know it was her. And I had a Bible in my hand and she just goes, you're Paul. And I said, yes, ma'am. And I said, you're Mary. And so we, we talked and she started crying and we shared the gospel and she goes, I'm saved. I was backslidden. And, and we just started talking. I said, look, you're not the only single mom on the planet. God's well, well equipped to handle all of, what, all of what you got. And we prayed to rededicate her life to Jesus, you know, and we, we, and we moved on. I thought the story was over. Five years go by. This just happened. Five years go by, right? And... This guy clicked the page. He's the sheriff of Montgomery County, Tommy Gage. He just retired. And he comes over for Bibles for his church. He coming over, and I ask him. I always ask everybody, you know, I want to know if they're born again or not. And he always born again. He's a great word now, super close friends. And so he's doing, you know, Bibles for us like this. They come over, tons of people. Our house is a depot. It just runs back and forth. People do, do Bibles because we can't do all this. We can't sign and put stickers and all this stuff. There's, it's humanly impossible for two people while working 55 hours a week at UPS. There's no possible way. So lots of folks, it's, it's a depot. So they do Bibles for, for us, and they sign. So, every, so he came back in two weeks, and, and uh, um, he brought his grandson. I talked to him about the Lord. He started crying and said I had been backslidden. He had some stuff going on. We prayed for him to rededicate his life. You know, so God's just, as you're going, he's doing his, these things. So then I call in two weeks, got another batch in, and, and uh, I didn't know Tommy couldn't even get up out of bed. He had thrown his back out. And so I just prayed on the phone for him instantly. He didn't know he was healed because he was on the ground. He, didn't, he was on the phone. I didn't know he was in that much pain. He couldn't even get up. And then as soon as he hung up, he got up and he couldn't believe it. He was healed. 
Couldn't believe it. See, the Holy Spirit's so cool. I didn't, we, why not pray? Right? You, you never know, you know? So I called him the, the, uh, the next day. He told me what happened. He goes, but I'm going to bring somebody over because I don't want to throw my back out. It, I'm, I'm feeling good, you know? I don't want to get in the back. So he brought over his, his grandson and a friend of his grandson. And the guy goes, hey, man, I know you from somewhere. This is his, his grandson's friend. And he looks at me and he goes, I just know you from somewhere. And he goes, well, do you, you work around here? Have you ever worked around here? He goes, well, he was an offshore guy. And he, and he was just in town for the week. And that God, how God is. And he, and, and he said, well, I used to work at Mikado's. And then the Lord just showed me to share about Zach. I said, well, you remember there's a kid named Zach. And all of a sudden, both of them froze. Just froze, man. I'm talking, they were best friends. All of them. Best friends. They had, there were five of them. So Zach was gone. Now it's Benton and this guy named Antonio. He starts bawling. He gets saved. I mean, it's just crazy. And you're just going like, five years, God, you're using one story. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. You have no idea what goes on in the back of whatever happens. When these Bibles go out, this is all salvation. No idea what's going to happen. And so he, he comes and... and, and he gets saved, and then two weeks later, there's more Bibles. You know, we're doing this all the time. They come over, and Benton brings another dude from the Rat Pack. Angel. Angel, get, get, Angel gets saved. Just crazy. Four of the five now are born again. It's crazy, stupid. I said, you need to get baptized. All of you guys. I said, just go to church wherever you're going. They got baptisms. Just do it. Calls me out. I was driving at 1.30 in the morning. Benton calls me up, and he goes, I got a pool. I'm like... When? Noon today. Can you make it? And I'm like, I'm driving, get off work at 10, 30, 11, and I drive home, and I'm going to have to go straight there. I've never done a baptism. You know, I know what it means, but never done one. He goes, yeah, the fam's going to be there. I'm like, oh, crap. And I'm just going, I, I have never. So I call Johnny Zacchio, Yonkers, New York. I said, you ever done a baptism? I mean, you got a baptism. She goes, shoots me on the email. I got it on my iPhone. I call Marianne. I said, print this thing out. Will you please? I got to look over this thing. And, and, and I don't even, I mean, I know, the, but I don't have time to even Google all, even nothing. So get in the pool. He brings the fifth guy, Carson. Fastest conversion and in the water on the planet. I mean, he can save and then boom, next click. We're all in the water, baptizing, right? And so then you, you, you're just, your mind is blown, you know? And you're just like, God, how do you do all this? See, that's the God that you serve. He's limitless. I mean, he does amazing things. Click the, the next picture. So we got, you know, I felt led to, I felt led. Molly did all the work, Benton's mom because I knew she was crafty. She had done some things for me that were beautiful. And I said, hey, man, can you do something really cool? Can you make some sort of a plaque? And she said, awesome, I'll do it. So click the, the next one. And it says, because of Zach's decision to trust in Jesus, and it's all about all these guys getting saved. She had been, you know, five years, you know, she had, had suffered. And, and she goes, you know, and I remembered Mary. And she told me, she sees the one that were that reminded me. And she goes, you know, um, I have a grandson now with Matt. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mary's, that's right. That was five years ago. That was a long time ago, you know. And uh, I said, you know, I want to get him a Bible and put his name on it. But I said, you know what? 
you got to sign it because you're the grandma. And that'll mean something, you know? And I do that all the time with everybody, every dad I meet, and they, they get saved or want a Bible, I'll get their whole family Bibles, and I'll say, look, dude, I'm not going to, I'm going to sign me to you, but you sign to your children because one day you're going to die, and that's going to be something they hold on to. You better think of something good to write inside of there. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to write something in there. So anyways, she goes, nope, nope, you're going to sign it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then there's the picture of, of Mary and, and Matt. And the story continues. And that's our life. We don't know when, when we're going to die. We have no idea what's going to happen. And the Holy Spirit is the one that gives life through his word. It's spirit and truth. I'm not saying to not neglect being in God's word every day. But I am saying to ask you... Ask the Holy Spirit every morning to fill you afresh for where you're going. He already knows the day before it began. We all have opportunity to seek God as much as humanly possible in every single day. There's nobody that, oh, I can't seek God because of. No, you can, even while you're working, even while you're doing whatever you're doing. And I'm not saying that you don't have bills to pay and all those things like that, but you bring God with you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you let all these things come down and, and your heart is changed forever. And you, and you don't, you're, you're so aware of legalism and, and just junk when you see it. And you're just like, stay away. God's got it. You know, when I came here, all these Bibles in the front, you know, just literally to, earlier today, I was just sitting, you can ask, I'm just sitting there just with tears. Cause you're like, this isn't normal for a guest speaker to come. <laughs> and lay out all this stuff because I follow a king, right? I'm not coming here for a fee. I'm coming here to encourage you in Philadelphia by the power of the Holy Spirit and his holy word to go out and use it. And God's going to bless you with it. You have an imprinter. You can put names on it. It's super effective. I could just tell you stories forever. And I don't want to take up your time anymore. If you have any questions... Anybody at all. You don't have to. And I don't even know if I have the answer to them or not. You can. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then we're, we're, we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to leave it out there. And if anybody wants to grab onto that, if you've never done it, you can do it. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord, so much for your Holy Spirit, for the power to be a witness. Anybody in this room that has never been baptized by the power of the Holy Spirit, Never ask for that. Lord, I want a fresh feeling. I want a new, I've never asked for the power to be a witness for the first time. It's by asking. And yet we can lay hands on you if you want it, if you've never done it. Or you just want to renew that you haven't done it. You haven't asked the Holy Spirit to let you be a witness. It's such a daily thing. It isn't a drag to go seek the Jesus that died for us by the power and left us his Holy Spirit that we have to come to you daily. Lord, forgive us for not. Fill us afresh in your spirit. Pour your spirit upon this beautiful church. And thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. It's just so crazy, Father. It's just so crazy. Thank you for every opportunity that I get to say your name in any venue, much less just a wonderful in this Calvary Chapel, Philly. Bless everyone here. Bless the pastors and the staff and every single part, part of this place. And anoint it and fill them with your spirit. Lord, if you had to be anointed, Jesus, I would think we do. 
So Lord, anoint us to be the better mom, better dad, better husband, better wife, better employee, employer, boss, all the things that we are, all the hats that we wear. We can do it by the power of you inside of us. And then we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.